0: The Gospel according to Matthew, the 14th chapter. And early in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. They said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, Peter cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to Peter, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I changed a light bulb in my bedroom closet a week or so ago, and it didn't go as planned. I replaced a dead bulb with a faulty, energy-efficient bulb, and when I flipped the switch to turn the new one on, it flashed like a seizure-inducing strobe light at a rave. It took me a few days to get around to changing it again, but that faulty light bulb reminded me of something. I don't remember the teacher, but I know that I was in first or second grade, and I remember where I was sitting and in exactly which Sunday school classroom at Providence Lutheran Church in Holland, Ohio at the time, and I remember that my Sunday school teacher taught us about faith By using the example of lights and electricity, she asked us to think about how often we go into a dark room she probably turned off the lights for special effect, and flipped the switch on the wall. And how often do we expect and take for granted that the light is going to come on and fill the space? That's faith, she said. And that's not bad, really. Using her example, trust and expectation do perhaps equal faith. Especially to a classroom full of elementary school kids. But my Sunday school teacher hadn't been to or ever considered my bedroom closet on Redbird Trail. And how easily my faith would be challenged and lost if it was as easy as flipping a light switch. This is a tough one. Lamenting the loss of faith, I mean. I saved this lament for last in our series because it seemed like a good way to wrap it all up, everything that we've been lamenting over these last several weeks. War, greed, illness, grief. I saved lament for loss of faith for last because... It seems to me all the rest of our laments, and there are more than just the war, the greed, the illness, and the grief that we've spent time with, all the reasons we have to lament in this life are also often the reasons we have for losing our faith, or at least struggling mightily with it when the bad stuff hits the fan, or Maybe when the light switch is flipped, but things don't go as planned. And loss of faith is quite a thing these days. It's almost a movement, it seems to me. The way so many people are being drawn away or pushed and pulled away from engagement with faith or with faith communities, and congregations the way most of us here understand them anyway. There's a whole category of people, Caitlin Shetler, who I read from earlier, is one of them, who identify themselves as ex-evangelicals, often because of the experiences they've had in what they generically refer to as white evangelical Christian churches of which we are one. Some of these experiences are horrifying examples of physical, sexual, emotional abuse, of course. All of that destroys the faith of God's people who suffer from it. Some of these experiences stem from theology that is simply incompatible with how people view and experience the world anymore. Women still not allowed to preach, preside, teach, or lead. Too much mixed characterization of sexuality as sinful. Too much fear-mongering and proselytizing that pretends to be faithful evangelism and outreach. That stuff challenges the faith of the thoughtful and the curious out there in the world. Some of the experiences that threaten our faith may be the reason or the result of simply being unable to ask hard questions about any of those things. Hard questions of the church. Hard questions of its leaders. Hard questions of the God we preach, teach about, and worship. Lamenting like we've been doing these last several weeks just isn't always encouraged or practiced, or welcomed in some circles. That poem that I read at the beginning of worship would have sent some people running. And some of the experiences that drive people away from their faith are nothing new under the sun. The same things that have always shaken the faith of God's people, I mean, war, pandemics, diseases, Loss of a loved one, unanswered prayers, the evil and the ugliness of this world around us. And some of all of this is that there just aren't answers, easy answers or otherwise. They just don't exist to explain many of the experiences or answer some of the questions that burden us as people on the planet. But the reason I lament our loss of faith as a thing when it comes isn't because it shouldn't happen. It's more for me about the shame and the guilt and the pressure we inflict upon ourselves and upon each other when it does happen. The truth is simply that faith can be hard to find. Faith can be hard to keep. Faith can be really hard to grab hold of and to hold on to at times, And it's always, always, always been that way. The point of Adam and Eve's story way back in Genesis is that they lost their faith in God's promise to provide for and to sustain them, and so they took things into their own hands. The Israelites later did the same. We just heard some of that. They lost faith in God's willingness or God's ability to care for them as they saw fit according to their timeline. So they created and they lived by their own devices and their own vices instead. The disciples and other followers of Jesus did it too, lost their faith. They misused and they misunderstood so much of what Jesus was trying to offer them. When he encouraged them to follow, they refused. When their friends died, they blamed Him. When He died, they despaired. When He was raised, even, they couldn't believe it. And guess what, people? Jesus in utter solidarity with all of that lost faith, and with yours and mine too, Jesus lost faith himself. At least once. In that moment on the cross, after all of his suffering, in the midst of his greatest despair, I believe Jesus' faith was lost gone, decimated, destroyed when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So I want our invitation to lament our loss of faith or our struggle with faith, or our hard holy questions about faith to be, in and of themselves, strangely enough, expressions of the faith we can be so uncertain about, so unconvinced by, so unmoved by, some of the time. And this may sound harsh and hard to hear or believe coming from your pastor, and I may very well be wrong. But I kind of think that if you haven't found faith hard to come by at certain times in your life, if you haven't lost or left or felt lost or left by your faith or by our God at some point, maybe you're better than the rest of us but then you also might be doing something wrong. Because the truth is, no matter how great your expectation, no matter how deep your trust, if it hasn't happened to you yet, I'm here to promise you that it will. The light switch won't work. Sometimes the bulb of your faith is faulty or burned out altogether. Sometimes the power is just out. Sometimes the darkness is all there is, and it feels like all there ever will be. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But sometimes darkness is exactly how and where and when. God shows up for us in that emptiness, in that void, in all that doubt and fear and uncertainty that we're running from or that we feel so self-righteously angry and indignant about in those moments when we've given up or chucked it all or thrown in the towel or threatened to at least. And that's worth lamenting because it's sad and because it's scary. Not because it's sinful our loss of faith, but because it's sad and because it's scary. So tonight, we're called to acknowledge it. We're called to give it a voice, to lament it, like Jesus and so many have done before us. And then I hope we are invited to be as patient as we are able, letting hope hold us when our faith can't, until our faith, however great or small, finds us in the light of God's grace again. Amen.